Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. An image coming on the screen, I think. I, I was out uh, somewhere in the last week um, and there it is. I was out somewhere in the last week. This is taken in New South Wales and um, and I was out somewhere in the last week and I was looking over a paddock, not like the bottom, but more like the top. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know about you. Sometimes I was driving up to Armidale Church this morning and I looked out to my right again and there were stumps on the ground and it was grey. And it looked, again, it looked like something out of an apocalyptic movie. It was, it was just, it's just a wild scene right now. And, you know, we don't get depressed because we know that God um, is in control. We know that God's still... Um, rules and reigns, and we know that God will use all things for good. You know, what would it profit a person if they gain the whole world and lose their soul? And so I don't know what's going on any more than you do. We're believing, we're praying for rain, and we're trusting God. But, but, but this scene was something similar to what I saw this week, and, and, and I thought about, imagine that was the scene for you as a farmer. Imagine you're a crop farmer, and, and as a crop farmer, you don't sow for next year, and then once the sowing season passes, it rains. The season turns. Well, we'd be thanking God for the breaking of the drought, but there'd be something inside of you also that would be pretty busted, the idea that you miss seeding the ground with a potential harvest, and now everything's shifted. And, you know, because the thing is, it doesn't matter how much you believe, it doesn't matter how much we pray, if there's not seed in the ground... There can't be a harvest at the end of the season. And so I was thinking about that idea, and then I don't know, I don't know if it was me or God, um, but, but then my mind raised to people. And I feel very fortunate, I feel very fortunate in my life that people have seeded, you know, good things in my heart and, and life, and even, um, you know, some of you know my dad who is, is not, a, not a believer in any way, when he heard I'd become a Christian at 21, um, my dad's a mad punter, mad gambler. And uh, he said, mate, if I have a big win, I'm going to buy you a big tent and you'll be the next Billy Graham. You can go around the country. And, and uh, I didn't even know who Billy Graham was at that point, but I thought that must be good. And, uh, you know, and, he, he, and so I, I was always fortunate that good things got seeded in my heart over, over the years. And, um, but not everybody's like that. And I got to thinking how some people's hearts and some people's lives are are, are literally like that. They're void of good seed. It's a barren ground. And it started to work me over and I thought, God, help us to be the kind of people and the kind of church that we would see great things in people's lives so that when you turn up, there'd be some kind of harvest go on, you know, in their lives and from their lives and that kind of thing. And so for, for, for you and I, I think we should be those kinds of people. I think we should be that kind of church. And I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. I want us to, here's the idea. Good seed in good ground has incredible harvest potential. The Bible talks about this. It talks about good seed. It talks about good ground. It talks about harvest potential. Um, uh, we're going to read from the book of Mark and it talks about um, the good seed of the word and the good soil and the harvest potential in that. And the Bible talks about the good seed of good works and the harvest potential of that. And the Bible talks about um, 
seed in worthy causes and the, the difference that that makes, the change that makes, the seed of hard work, just good old-fashioned hard work and the outcomes that come from that, the seed of financial generosity in 2 Corinthians and the difference it makes, the blessing it brings, the promise attached to that. And there's the seed of the gospel message which is able to transform the human heart and able to transform whatever life has been into a new day that starts with God and is able to transform a person's life for all eternity, the seed of the gospel. And at the end of the day, we could strip it all away, but if the seed of the gospel has its way in a person's life, it changes absolutely everything. And so we get this idea in different ways across the pages of Scripture of good seed, of good ground, and of harvest potential. And so tonight I want to talk about it in terms of that scene that um, came in my mind in terms of people, um, seeding good things in people's lives and, and even seeding good things in our, in our own lives. Um, listen to this as we read from uh, Mark chapter 4. And we're going to read from verse 16. We're going to pick up partway through um, the parable. Jesus has been talking about seed and he says, uh, verse 16, Other seed sown on rocky places, uh, others like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many times over the course of my life I've seen a woman come to faith, a young woman come to faith, and it's amazing how quickly a boy turns up. Like, I tell you, Frank, right? How many times? And they think it's like a blessing from God, and uh, I don't talk about the devil often, but I tell you, it's a curse from the devil. And um, someone turns up, they've made a decision to follow Jesus, that good seed has got a hold of their life, but then some boy comes along and... The next thing you know, you know, and the rest is history. And, and um, so choose well, girls. Choose well, boys. Choose well. Marry godly people. Marry people with a heart for Jesus, wherever possible. If you haven't done that, well, praise God. The Bible says that if you're married to someone who doesn't know Jesus, thank God you're there. It says stay there because you never know if you might win them to Christ. But all things being equal... The Bible definitely says, you know, to marry someone and to go after someone who actually loves Jesus with all their heart. That'd be good for you as well as being good for them. And it'd certainly be good for, for your children. And so the, the parable goes on and says, um, since they have no root, they last for a short time. Trouble comes, you know, persecution, they fall away. Verse 18, still others like seed sown among thorns, they hear the word, but the, the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the Desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Man, that sounds like the church to me, right? In the beautiful, abundant, indulgent, blessed life that we all live. The big risk in our time, certainly in my own life, is that just all the good stuff might choke the spiritual life out of me. And, um, and so the Bible, Jesus tells this parable and he says, man, what, just watch out for that. And then, and then, but then he says this incredible thing in the next verse. He says, others when the Word of God goes into them, they're like seeds sown on good soil. They hear the Word, they accept it and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was, what was sown. And so there's this seed of God's Word and, and it has incredible harvest potential and the harvest that comes from it is different in everybody's life. Might be more in your life than mine. Might be more in Phoebe's life than Luke's. Probably will be given who Phoebe and Luke are. It probably is going to be more in Phoebe's life than Luke's, but it's different for everybody. 
but there is a harvest and it's multiplied and, and the Bible talks to this. And I think that good seed in good ground has incredible harvest potential in our lives. And so I want us to think right now about people's lives and think about good seed. And I want to give you like three kinds of headings, three things to think about as we go to it. So, so here's the first one. And it's just this, it's good seed. Number one, the idea of good seed. How do you seed good things in people's lives? Here's some thoughts. Seed the good we already see in people. Just the good we already see. Don't you think? I reckon, I don't know about you, I reckon if the church could major on something other than the gospel, encouragement would be a good thing. Man, we should be the most encouraging people. I think this place is pretty encouraging, but the most encouraging people on the planet, really. The Bible talks about in, in Timothy, about, um, says to Timothy, you know, um, encourage, correct, rebuke with all authority. And, and, and I would say that um, let's major on encouragement. Let's do the rest, but let's major on encouragement. The world, the world probably doesn't need another judgmental Christian. The church gets a rap, but let's face it, the world's pretty judgmental. We just get the bad rap. And we get the bad rap because we really shouldn't be judgmental. And, and we don't need it. It's not a gift. No one got the gift of judgmentalness. <laughs> but to bring encouragement, seed the good we see in people. I was thinking about Beck, wherever she is, Beck Simpson. And I was thinking about it um, just driving home today from Armidale. I was thinking how, you know, I've known Beck since she was a kid. And... Um, Beck would be one of the most loyal people I've ever met. I mean, since she was a kid, she's been loyal. But she's loyal. And who knows, loyal people aren't always easy to locate. Because loyalty is not a gift, is it? You know, there are some things that people get excited about a gift. You know, a musician can play well. You know, Ola and I can both play beautifully on that <laughs> instrument there. Yes, this is true. And we can both play that instrument beautifully. And Chrissy and I can both sing and... But they're gifts that we were blessed with. <laughs> but loyalty, no one gets the gift of loyalty. Loyalty is a decision. Loyalty is a decision that come what may, I'm going to live loyal. I'm going to live loyal to Jesus. I'm going to live loyal to the people around me. I'm going to live loyal within my church. I'm going to live loyal within my family. And you know, I think Beck absolutely models that and has modeled that. And there's been points in her life where I know for absolutely for sure, where she could have not been loyal given the way she was treated and it probably would have been okay. But she's determined that she's going to be loyal. And I reckon we want to seed that good thing in her life and say, man, I see in you that you're a loyal person. And I recognize that in you. I, and what would that do for her? That will make her more loyal. I remember when someone told me I was a person without guile. I went, wow, that's cool. I've never thought about that. I'm not sure that I am, but I'm going to be now. And, and I really, and I heard a couple of thought, right, I, I want to be that person. I don't know that it was real. Hopefully it was real, but if it wasn't, it seeded something in me that said, I really do want to be that person moving forward. And so when we see things in people that we would seed that in their lives, and, and, and if we're going to do anything, let's overseed it. Now, I don't mean turn up every week and tell the same person the same thing every week. That just becomes meaningless. But, but just going, hey, if I'm going to be over the top on something, um, let's be over the top. This is for you, Amy. Amy <laughs> says, I always walk around with a bottle and then don't drink it. So, <laughs> Done. Now you're all going to notice, aren't you? So that will be distracting moving forward. Um, 
Good seed, good soil. Seed the, seed the good thing. Seed the good thing in, in um, people's lives. Um, see the good we see is how I actually said it um, in people's lives. So who, who, who do you see something good in and go seed that in their lives? Go remind them. I think, I think if we want to overdose on anything, let's overdose on encouragement. Seed that in their lives. Uh, and, and, and then seed it in our own lives. What kind of things do people say positively about you? And um, just hold on to that. Make that, cause that to go deep in our lives. What do people give you feedback around? Let that go deep in our lives. What do, what do people make comment on? You know, let that go deep in in our lives. It's powerful, isn't it, when people, ladies, if someone tells you that a dress really looks good on you, do you wear it again? I would. I wouldn't wear a dress. No, I wouldn't wear a dress. Why are you confusing things? Well, let's be really clear. I said, if it looks good on you, what do you think the odds are of it looking good on me? Yes, less than zero. That makes me shiver with... But the truth is, if something, you know, you know, if something looks good on you and people comment, you tend to wear it again. What is that? Something's going on there. We respond to that. It builds something in us. I think it's important. Seed the potential we see in people. Seed good things. Seed the potential we, we see in people. Um, I, I was 17 years old. I remember exactly where I was. 17 years old. I was standing on the rugby league field at Macquarie Fields, Luke. And uh, it was a pretty pleasant place. It's a place where everybody likes to go for picnics. Um, the rugby league field at Macquarie Fields is not a place you like to go for picnics, sorry. And um, I remember standing there and I heard a rumour, um, this very prominent woman in our community at that time, she didn't even say it directly to me. She said of Luke's dad and myself, she said, those Bunnell boys, they're like diamonds in the rough. 17 years old. To this day, I remember where I was standing. First time I'd heard that, diamonds in the rough. Well, it was obvious we were rough, right, everybody? That, but, but what I caught from it, I went, oh, oh, really? That's in me? And you know, I, that just went deep in me. This throwaway statement maybe to someone who wasn't even there that reached me, and I started to believe that in me was something of real worth and something of real value. There was diamonds, and I would have been happy with cash given where I grew up, but, but it was diamonds, it was diamonds. And, and, and you know, over the next few years, I thought about that and when I committed my life to Jesus. I really started to think deeply about that and about the idea that there was, you know, in my mind, gold in, in me. And how am I going to get rid of the rough so that can come to the service and someone just seeded a thought to somebody else that actually reached me and I can remember the moment and it actually changed the way I thought about myself. That's the power of seeding. It wasn't even real yet. The diamond wasn't real. It was hidden under all the rough. And, but there it was and it was seeded in me. And when we seed that in people and when someone seeds that in you and when you and I seed it in others, it's more powerful maybe than, than we ever realize. And so I just think let's seed the potential we see in people good soil, uh, good seed, good seed. I want you to think about the same in your own life for a moment. What, what God-given potential has God placed in you? Because it matters. When, when, we, when we speak to people's potential, when you think about it, we, 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 we identify things that maybe people haven't thought of. We certainly confirm things 
in people's lives. Um, you know, it's very powerful. I, again, I'll, I'll tell you a story. It was 2012. That was about August 2012. It was what I call the hardest year of my ministry life. And um, I'd been in a series of meetings that day. I'd made some really... Usually I'm a clear thinker on, and, and, and can make decisions where I need to. And I collaborate, I think, mostly where I need to. Not so good on that. And this day I'd just done it all back the front. And it was unusual because Brian had historically said, Darren, you're the most comfortable person in your skin I know. And to be honest, I wasn't. God had ripped off a layer and made me see just, you know, that, that actually I, my confidence was stripped away. God revealed the ugliness maybe of what was really there in me, the humanity of that. And I found myself not making clear decisions and not making good decisions. And my spirit was all out of sorts. And I got so desperate, Bron knowing who I was, she said, what if I drop you at the church and you can just go and just pray and stuff and went into the building next door. I got down at the front here, you know, for me, that's a spiritual place. And, and I said, God, I, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm at a loss. Oh, I so need your help, Lord. You know, next day, I think it was the next day, the next couple of days, someone rang me out of the blue and said, Darren, I just want to say this about you. And he said these things about me. Thanks to your son, Marilyn Sharrick, who was that person, I spotted you over there. Your son rang me out of the blue. I remember the spot where I stood when he rang me. And then I remember I went overseas for compassion. And while I was there, this head of the Church of Christ, one of their heads, came um, to me and said, Darren, have you got a moment? And I just want to say, this is what I see in you. And it was all, and it was what the other person had said. And then I came home and again, a friend of Marilyn's, um, um, Pastor Matthew, pulled me aside after church. I think Marilyn might have even been there. He pulled me aside and he said, Darren, I just want to say this to you about your future. And the same thing again, because God is able to seed in you and I when, when people are open to his spirit, he's able to seed in you and I the potential that he has placed there and he causes people's eyes to be opened. But the other side of that is true too. He opens your eyes and he opens my eyes to see that for other people, that we might seed that into their lives because God wants to bring a harvest about in them and through them. And he wants to bring about a harvest in you and through you. And so I think we should be those kinds of people and we can be that kind of, kind of church that we'd seed those things in people's lives. And and, and, and I think, um, obviously, see God's Word in people's lives. It's more powerful than any of the things I've just mentioned. Isaiah 55, 10, 11 says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and make it bud and flourish like seed, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my Word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I have sent it. That's the power of the Word of God. It's speaking about a prophetic Word, um, but it's the truth of God's Word, that seeding God's Word into people's lives, seeding God's Word into our own lives just has incredible harvest potential. And, you know, if I'm a person who's not really seeding that, always going to struggle a bit, but if I'm seeding God's Word into my life day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, not in a dogmatic way, not in a guilty way, but in a way that's actually seeding a potential harvest that can show up in my life, in someone else's life, in your life, into the future. Seed the gospel, the good seed of the gospel in those yet to believe. That's the next thought. Seed the gospel, the power 
of the gospel. That's why I'm here. That's why many of you are here. Seed the gospel. And then finally, before I move on from that, I just seed it with sincerity. I think we always want to do it sincerely, don't we? Uh, People pick up if it's fake, if it's false, if it's condescending. But think about the sincere thing that we really believe about a person and, uh, and, and do it that way. So good seed. And then it goes on and it talks about good ground. What I like about the parable of Jesus here is that actually it just, it, he, he talks about the sower scattering seed. Um, is it, I couldn't, wasn't sure this morning, I'll look over here to the brains trust indiscriminately. Is that the word I'm looking for? Just wherever? That's indiscriminately, isn't it? You're no help at all. <laughs> Did anyone say yes? Yeah, thanks, right, great. Thanks, thanks, to, thanks, to, thanks to you guys, right. I should have just backed that, shouldn't I? Indiscriminately, and he just goes, he scatters seed everywhere, and some goes here and there, but, but there's good soil where it produces a crop. And so I think we should not only sow good seed, but we should look for good ground. And Jesus gives us an insight in this parable into good ground. He says, others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept the word, and produce a crop. In, in, in other um, accounts of this same parable, it says they hear the word, they accept or receive the word, um, and that they persevere. They, they actually act upon it, and it produces a crop. And so I put good soil down like this. Good soil is where people, number one, where they hear the word, and then, as it said here, it makes a distinction between hearing and accepting. That's interesting to me. Don't you think that's interesting? Because you, you can con yourself into believing the fact that I heard it means I received it. But if there's no action or change around it, all I did was took something in that's absolutely of no use to me. But when I hear it and when I accept it, that's going to change something. And the Bible says that's where the good soil is. That's where the 30, 60, 100 fold. I hear the word, accept the word, and then work the word. Work it into our lives. You know, one of those seed passages that comes to mind, 2 Corinthians 9, where it talks about generosity and everything. They hear um, from Paul, they accept it, but then they go to work on it. They actually take action on it. And then the fourth thing is here, let the Word, let the word do its work. Because there's a work beyond us working, isn't there? There's an, the invisible work of God in the process of all of this. The work that He does that really is a game changer in it all. And the Bible, when we find those kinds of people, that is good soil. And I would suggest that's a great place to sow lots of seed because it will show up in their lives. So who do you know that's that kind of person? And are you that kind of person? I think many people in this room are, I really do. I want to be that kind of person myself. And so as I wrap this tonight, good seed, Good ground, harvest potential, harvest potential. Um, in Ecclesiastes, the Bible talks about he who watches the wind will not sow. He looks at the crowds, will not reap because they won't put anything in the ground. Goes on and says, just as you do not know the way and path of the wind or how the bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, even so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. So sow your seed in the morning, sow your seed in the evening and and you don't know which will do well or both will go great guns, it goes on to say. But God who makes all things work, it's saying right at the centre of it. And so as we close, there's incredible harvest potential and there is a work to do. There, there is in sowing seed and in, in ploughing the ground and all that goes, I don't want to use farming terminology that I don't really understand. 
But there's an ongoing work, isn't there? Once the seed's in the ground, there's a work to do. But what I really wanna bring us to in the close is that beyond the work we do is the miracle that happens without us doing anything. It's the miracle that happens while we sleep and as we go about our business. And that's the wonder in this. That's the wonder of God at work in in your life and mine, is that whilst the seed goes in and whilst we go to work, there's the wonder of the Almighty God who is always at work in that in our lives. Harvest potential has a work to do. It has a weight to happen. And it certainly has a wonder to it that is only God. There is wonderful working, the wonderful working power of God. There was power, power, wonderful working power, the old hymn says, in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonderful working power. God is always at work. And and if we can just get seed into people's lives and if we'll just continue to water it, the Bible says one sows, one water, but God gives the increase. That's what we want to see. See it in your life, see it in people's lives. I think we can be those kinds of people and that kind of church. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.